All right. Good evening. Today we're learning Maseches Bavakama, Daf Chav Hey. We're starting at the Mishnah at the bottom of Chav Dalad Abbez. This is a uh, this is a very hard sugya. Um, it requires, honestly, probably four to five hours of unpacking. Of course, we only have forty minutes, um, and I'll I'll try to stay as lean as I can while still being as rich as I can at the same time. Um, maybe they'll double my salary for tonight. <laughs> what, how does how does multiple to, of zero? How does that function, doctor? Yeah, exactly as I think it is, right? All right. The Mishnah opens. Shor hamazik birshus hanizak. If you have a shore that's damaging, and the rishus of the nizak ketzat. So, what is the case that we're dealing with when we talk about the shor hamazik who's in the property of the rishus hanizak? So, the Gemara tells us. The Mishnah tells us nagach. Nagaf, Noshach, Rabat's Bad. Rashi tells us these are all toldos of Karen. So in these cases of toldos of Karen, and what we're talking about here is a Karen Tom. We're talking about a docile animal who was Nagach who gored. Nagaf is pushed. Noshach is bite. Ravat is to crouch. And in all of these cases, uh, he's breaking things. Uvat, um, or he kicks. So, Birshus Harabim. When it comes to the Rishus Harabim, uh, says the Gemara, Meshalim Chatzina. It's like, like regular rules of Tam. Rishus Hanizak, when the animal is in the Rishus Hanizak, this is subject to a machlokas. Rabbi Tarfon Omer Nezek Shalim. Let's make sure to get this crystal clear. I sent out a chart on WhatsApp. Happy to hold it up here for you for those who are on Zoom. Uh, this is our little pie chart. And what it says over here is that by Shane Viregel Rishus Harabim, your putter. By Shane Viregel, Birshus Hanizak, it's Nezek Shalim. And our discussion is the bottom row. And in the bottom row, it says by Karen Vishane, it teaches us that there's Chati Nezek and Rishus Harab. And Karen and Shane, when the animal's docile, is always going to be Chati Nezek. But when it comes to that bottom left box, that is where we have a machlokas, and this is going to be the box that we're discussing today, which is that Rabbi Tarfon holds that we increase the consequence to Nezek Shalim. However, the Chachamim keep the consequence the same when we're in the Rishus HaNizak. So the machlokas Rabbi Tarfon and the Chachamim is where there's a Karen Tam, Birshus HaNizak. Do we increase the punishment to Nezek Shalim as we uh, see by Rabbi Tarfon, or do we keep it the same as is the sheet of the Chachamim? We'll come back to this page in a little bit. Amar lahem Rabbi Tarfon. Rabbi Tarfon says to the Chachamim, I don't understand your shita. All right? So now you can just kind of uh, keep a hand on the Mishnah and keep a hand on this, uh, on this, uh, on this picture that you have there. This says the, the Rabbi Tarfon as follows. We know that by Shane and Regel, that in Rishus HaRabim you're putter. And as we move across from the line of Shein Regal, when it's Patrin Rishus Harabim, it's Chayev Nezek Shalim. So then, Makom Shehechmer Ala Karen Rishus Harabim, Lashalim Chati Nezek. Then, when we see that Karen is Chati Nezek Rishus Harabim, Ala Karen Rishus Harabim, Lashalim Chati Nezek, Eno Din Shenachmer Lav Rishus Hanizak, Lashalim Nezek Shalim. The Gemara gives a Kalva Chomer. And I'm, I'm going to try and be clear about this. The Kalva Chomer is going across. If by, by Shein, your Patrin Rishus Harabim, and Chayev Nezek Shalim, in Rishus Hanizak, then if the starting point of Karen Tom is even higher, which is Chatzi Nezik, all the more so, says Rabbi Tarfon, that you should be paying Nezik Shalim. A Kalva Chomer, a simple Kalva Chomer. 
Says the Gemara, that is not so simple. That's not correct. That in this case, when you make the Kalvachomer, you're going to be limited by the fundamental din that we started with. The fundamental din of Karen is that it is Chatzinezek in all places. That's what we know. Karen uh, is that Karen Tam in Rishus Haravim is Chatzinezek. Rabbi Tarfon is basically saying that there are times where our Kalvachomer has limits. This is a sample of where our Kalvachomer has limits. And that is that where the din of Rishus Haravim was explicitly taught, which is what we were taught, that Chatzinezek is a din, um, a din del Raisa, that Karen Tam pays Chatzinezek Rishus Haravim, you are not able to increase that amount with a Kalvachomer. That's what the Chachamim say. And that leaves them. Therefore, in the last box of the Karen Tam, it must be Chatzinezek because that there's a limit to the Kalvachomer. So, Rabbi Tarfon pivots in his Kalvachomer. And here's what he says. Omar Lahem, Rabbi Tarfon says, no, you misunderstood my Kalvachomer. Even I am not making a Kalvachomer from the world of Karen Rishus Harabim to the world of Karen Rishus Hanizak. Rather, ani adun karen mi regal, and take out your sheets again. Really, what's happening over here is I'm making a kalvachomer from karen uh, to karen from regal. Instead of going across from box number one to box number two, the kalvachomer Rabbi Tarfon is different. He says that we're not going from if it's potter by Shane and Rishus Harabim and Chayiv Nezek Shalim Rishus Hanizak. No, that's not how we do our Kalvachomer. Our Kalvachomer is done differently. If Shane and Regal is Pater Rishus Harabim and Karen Tam is Chayiv Chatzinezek, then, back to the top line, if um, if Shane and Regal is Chayiv Nezek Shalim Rishus Hanizak, all the more so, you should be Chayiv Nezek Shalim, says Rabbi Tarbon. So it's really, it's instead of going across for the Kalb he's going up and down on this page. So say, say the Chachamim, I don't, I don't really care which direction you make your Kalb in. At the end of the day, we know that there's a fundamental aspect of this Kalb that is unshakable. And that is that the Din of Chatzinezek B'Rishus Arabim is a building block of this Kalb We know that Din, and we don't think your Kalb is powerful enough, and therefore... Amrulo the Chachamim said back to Rabbi Tarfon, They reject the Kalvachomer. And in the Kalvachomer, that's where Rabbi Tarfon wanted to say that Karen Vishain, Birshus Hanizak, would have been Nezek Shalin. But because the Chachamim say, that there's a limit to the Kalvachomer, they, they, they therefore say that just like Tam, uh, Karen Tam Birshus Harabim is Chatzinezek. The same exact thing is going to be true in regards to Karen Tam in, um, in Rishus Hanizah. This is a difficult Mishnah. It requires um, two things. It requires a deep knowledge of the limits of Kalvachomer, which I don't possess, but I'm explaining to you a little bit from what, I, from what I've gleaned from the Mishnah. And the second thing, and this is quite difficult, is why would it be that the Kalvachomer format should be different for Rabbi Tarfon. Why is it that if I try to make my Kalvachomer first going across the top, if this is true and this is true, then this must be true, as opposed to if this is true and this is true, then the, who cares if you go across for your Kalvachomer up and down? 
also not discussed in the Gemara, not discussed uh, in in uh, right here on the page. So that is our Mishnah. And now we're going to dig into the dinim of Dayo. Let's remember that Dayo Lavomin Adenlios Kenidon is a limit to a Kalvachomer. So the Gemara says on Chavhei Amid Aleph, about eight lines down at the open of the Gemara, the Rabbeinu Tam Lesle Dayo. How can it be that Rabbeinu Tam makes this Kalvachomer? We have a fundamental din of Dayo. What did I say? Did I not? What did I say? Tell me. Okay. I'll start over. That would I, that should be my biggest mistake to not be the happiest person in the world. <laughs> you know that tefillah and that we say in the beginning of your Gemaras to not be machshil people? This is one of those nights. Most nights are. This is especially true. So the Gemara opens, Rebbe Tarfon, How can it be that Rebbe Tarfon doesn't hold of Dayo? The din of Dayo, namely, the fact that we have a limit to a Kalvachomer when we have something super clear in the Kalvachomer, which is in our particular case. That Karen Thomas uh, in Rishus Harabim, when it damages his Chatzinezek, therefore we should apply Dayo. So how can Rebbe Tarfon not apply Dayo? It's a din do raisa. Where do we see Dayo from? We see Dayo from the world of Miriam. Says the Gemara as follows, the Tanya. Midin Kalvachomer Ketzad. Where do we see the limits to Kalvachomer? Says the Gemara based on the Pasuk in the Brisa. Vayomer Hashem Moshe Vavia Yarok Yarak Bifanea Halo Tikalem Tikalem Shivas Yamim. And that's what the Pasuk says, is that if even a father were to have uh, done something negative to the daughter, wouldn't she be embarrassed for seven days? So what does that imply? All the more so for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who gave her the Onesh of Tzaras. So there's kind of like a built-in Kalvachomer, Kalvachomer Lashchina, and therefore our boss are Yom. Maybe because the Pasuk is written in a little bit of a... I don't know, a sharp way, that uh, could you imagine had it only been a father, okay, seven days, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu, gave an onesh all the more so. Maybe we should do 14 days for the Taras instead of seven. So the Gemara says, we don't do that. We don't make this Kalvachomer. Why not? Because what did the Pasuk say? The Pasuk said, Shivas Yamim. So because we started with Shivas Yamim, namely, had it been that her father was the one who gave her a punishment, seven days would have been significant. Because we started with that, we therefore apply the limit to the Kalvachomer. Because we have this building block that is super clear, we therefore don't extend the Kalvachomer because all we know is the building block, which is seven days. So therefore, this is a kasha and Rabbi Tarfon, because we see that the din of Dayo applied right here in the Psukim. We see that Dayo was limited by virtue of the fact that Miriam didn't have a punish for 14, didn't have a punishment for 14 days, but rather a punishment for seven days. So therefore, the Gemara says we see that Dayo is a din de oraisa. So how in our Mishnah the Rabbi Tarfo not agree to the Chachamim? And the Gemara says, because it depends. Ki lesle Dayo. When does Rabbi Tarfon say that we don't apply Dayo? That's Hecha de Mafrech Kalvachomer. The only time Rabbi Tarfon doesn't require or doesn't apply the rules of Dayo, the limit on the Kalvachomer, is when he doesn't apply it when it ruins the Kalvachomer. But Hecha de Lo Mafrech Kalvachomer is Lehu Dayo. But when the Kalvachomer is not ruined, then he will apply the rules of Dayo. So therefore, let's look at our two cases. Our Mishnah, Rabbi Tarfon, did not apply the rules of Dayo. He made a Kalvachomer and said, 
that Karen Tom, Bershus Hanizak, is Nezek Shalim. But over here by Miriam, he is Maskim. That over here by Miriam, that when we try to double from seven days to 14 days to extend Miriam's consequence based on a Kalva Chomer, that if a father is seven days, Hashem at least should be 14. There he said, Dio and limits, and he agrees. So the Gemara, um, in a very, in, its, in an uncommon fashion, details out both sides. Says the Gemara, Hasam, Shiva Deshchina Loksivi. Over there, by the punishment of Miriam, it doesn't say anything about seven days for Hashem at all. There we have a regular Kalvachomer. I see Arbesar. Someone, the Gemara tried to posit, the Brysa tried to posit, we should move to 14. The Gemara says, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. We don't even have a base for your for your argument to do 14. You made the numbers up out of thin air. There is no Marimakum for that. You're trying to make a Kalvachomer out of thin air. That's where we where we apply the limits of Dayo. Aval Hacha, and we're a third of the way down on Chav Hayamad Aleph, Hacha in our Mishnah, by the case of Karen Tam, we're trying to figure out what's the din of Karen Tam versus Hanizak. So what was our starting point? Aval Hacha, Chati Nezek is Ksiv. That is clear. That is a building block of the Kalvachomer. Therefore, when we try to say, here, when we start with Chatinezek, and you want to make a Kalvachomer and add in another Chatinezek, says Rabbi Tarfon, we can't employ Dayo. Why can't we limit the Kalvachomer? Because if you do, it ruins the Kalvachomer. What did we start with? We started with Chatzinezek. And then you say, oh, there's a Kalvachomer. So it, the number has to increase. When Rishus HaRabim is Chatzinezek, it has to be Rishus HaNezek that the number is more. So it says the Gemara, Im Darshas Dayo. If you utilize Dayo, so then Afrech Le Kalvachomer. Then the case makes no sense, says Rabbi Tarfon. Because then what you'd have is that we have a Kalvachomer, but the Halacha is the same in Rishus HaRabim as it is in Rishus HaNezek. That makes no sense. Uh, and therefore, he, in our Mishnah, does not employ Dayo. So let's review. Rabbi Tarfon says, I agree that there's a rule for Dayo. But Dayo only applies where the base Kalvachomer is not ruined. But in our Mishnah, the base Kalvachomer would have been ruined. Therefore, he doesn't employ Dayo. Therefore, Rabbi Tarfon and, and the Chachamim have a fundamental machlokas about application of Dayo. And therefore, the din is in our Mishnah that when we see that Chatzin Nezek is the din for a Karen Tambir Shusarabim, it must be that there's an increase in the Onesh of the punishment, because otherwise, says Rabbi Tarfon, Dayo would have ruined our Kal V'chomer, and that is not how Dayo is meant to be used. So says the Gemara, what do the rabbis do about this? Because Lamaisa, the Rabbanon, can't have a scenario where a Kal V'chomer doesn't take effect. If we have a Kal V'chomer, it has to be utilized. You can't just ignore it. Rabbi Tarfon explained his rules. He uses Dayo when it's not Mafrech Kal V'chomer, like the case of Miriam. He doesn't use Dayo like when we're dealing with our Mishnah. Fine. What's the sheet of the Rabbanon? The Rabbanon said, what are you talking about? We have a Pasuk, Shiva Deshchina Ksivi. We have a Pasuk that gives us, in the same way that our Mishnah speaks about Chati Nezek for Karen Tamber Shusarabim, we have our base of the Kalva Chomer in the case of Miriam. The Pasuk says, Tisager, Shivas Yamin. Oh, so therefore, Kasha is back on Rabbi Tarfon. Because if that's true, then maybe we shouldn't, according to the Svara of Rabbi Tarfon, we shouldn't have applied Dayo here because it would have ruined the Kalva Chomer. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Tarfon, no. Hahuti Sager is dafka to teach us to darshin on Dayo. That's not to tell us seven days. That's to teach us that we have this din of Dayo, that we have limits to the world of, that we have limits to the world of Kalva Chomers. Says the Gemara, Rabbonon, what would you say about that? 
Even if you want to say, Rabbi Tarfon, the Rabbanon say, even if you want to say that the word Tisagar is to teach us to, is to teach us about Dayo, that's fine, but we still have more Psukim that are underutilized. And says the Gemara, Ksiv, what are you going to say about the fact that the Rabbanon just provided more psukim? And if in fact the Rabbanon provided more psukim than Rabbi Tarfon, your approach doesn't work. Because if we have these extra psukim, which can function as the base of the Kalvachomer, so therefore you shouldn't have employed Dayo, but you have no choice because Dayo is a din do raisa. Rabbi Tarfon, what would you respond to this? And we're halfway down. With that we really uh, employ Dayo under all circumstances where we can. But here, you might have thought, says the Gemara, that because Moshe is Miriam's sister, we know it's one of the shortest philos, because Moshe intervened on behalf of Mary, Miriam, listen to this, Lamdus. Perhaps when Moshe intervened in Miriam, what he was asking in Kodesh Baruch Hu was to override the rule of Dayo. It's to say the Kalvachomer shouldn't apply because she's my sister. A little bit of protexia, right? We've got Moshe getting involved. Moshe's holding cup. He whispers to a Kodesh Baruch Hu, let's hold off on the Dayo for my sister. Let's hold off on the fact that, uh, let's make sure that the Kalvachomer is not employed. I should say the other way. Let's make sure Dayo is employed. And that the Kalvachomer, Aval Ba'alma, I might have thought low that maybe in general it's not true, Kamash Malan, that the rules of Dayo are employed where they're supposed to be employed, and they're not employed when they're not. And therefore, the Gemara seems to show that Rabbi Tarfon's Shita is the real deal. And Rabbi Tarfon therefore holds that Dayo only, only applies, the limits to a Kalvachomer only apply when the Kalvachomer isn't upschlag. If the Kalvachomer can stand on two feet, then we employ Dayo. If it can't, then it won't. And therefore, we have an explanation for our answer. There's still some kashas on the Mishnah in regards to the various ways in which Rabbi Tarfon tried to learn the Kalvachomer. But nevertheless, this is um, a valid approach for Rabbi Tarfon. Easy peasy. Says the Gemara a little bit more than halfway down. Amar le Rav Papa le Abaye. Wait one second. We found another shita. We found another case, a precedent setter, where uh, we don't utilize dayo, but it wouldn't have used. It wouldn't have ruined the kalvachomer. We're going to see two cases like this. One more difficult than the next. The gemara just packed it into one day to get it over with. Right. So the Gemara says, I can show you that Rabbi Tarfon's rule doesn't apply. Rabbi Tarfon wanted to say that we, we use Dayo when a Kalvachomer won't be ruined. We don't use Dayo when a Kalvachomer will, will be ruined. So therefore, the Gemara says, well, that's not true. The Gemara says that Rabbi Papa said to Abaye, I'll give you a case to Tanya. And uh, we'll see soon that Abaye is going to reject this. But says the Gemara as follows, what was, Abaye, what was Rabbi Papa's question to Abaye? Says the Gemara to Tanya. Keri bezov, keri to see zera to see semen is its own impurity, and zav is a higher level of tuma, which is metame bimaga uvemasa. By keri, it's tame bimaga. If one has physical contact with zera, so that's always going to be metame to a certain degree. The famed uh, Takanas Ezra that there was a time in history when a person could not learn Torah, a person could not daven without going to the mikvah after seeing zera, and that was uprooted as we saw in the Gemara because it was zera. So the Gemara says that if you have a person who's already begeder zav and he sees zera, he sees uh, he sees semen. So what's going to be the halacha there? How do we know the din over there? Says the Gemara vidinhu. The Gemara employs a logic where two thirds of the way down on Chafhamid Aleph. 
Ma tahor tahor, just like we know that if a person's tahor and the liquid that's tahor comes out of that person, everybody's tahor. So let's use urine as an example. You don't become tummy from urine. You're a pure person. Your urine's pure also. And tummy but tummy. But if a person is tummy, then anything that exits his body will be tummy. Okay. So then if you have tummy but tahor, if you have carry from a person who's otherwise pure, all the more so, that if we see that a, a zav has keri, we're going to elevate the impurity of the keri to the, to the impurity level of zav, which is to be metame b'maga uvamasa. Keri on its own, if a person is a healthy person, they're not a zav, and they see keri, so they're, they're tame, they got to take off their clothes, wash them, they should go to the mikvah or have Tisha Kab and Shalmayim poured on them, whatever the case may be, fine. But if you're already a zav, and then while you're a zav, you see keri, so then your tuma status should have been elevated to maga and masa. And says the Gemara, we elevate the tuma of zera the tuma of keri when the person's a zav, that that keri occurrence is now bimaga uvimasa, is that even if it's moved, it's going to be metame, the person who moves it. Says the Gemara, ve'amai, why would this be? Nema ahani kal lemaga. Maybe we should say, I understand the kal v'chomer for maga, that uh, that makes sense, but ahani dayo la'afuke masa. But maybe we should employ dayo, which we don't do, but why don't we? Why don't we employ dayo to limit the kalvachomer back to what it was? Just like we know the basic din by keri is that a person who is a balkeri is metame bimaga and not bimasa. Why don't we say that's true, even in a case of a case of keri bizav? And if you want to say, I don't need a kalvachomer in regards to keri being tame bimaga, because even a person who's a tahor, who touches keri is going to be metame bimaga, itzrich, we still need the kalvachomer. Because salka daita chamina, I might have thought that mikra lila ksiv, that we're only talking about mikra lila when a person sees keri when he's not a zav. Misha kerio gorimlo, only when a person's tuma is caused by only keri as opposed to zav. Yotzazeh she'en kerio gorimlo. Masha'en kain, our case of keri bizav, the keri isn't what made this person tame. What made this person tame is the fact that he is a zav. Ella says the Gemara, Davar Achar Garamlo, what made him tummy was the fact that he's a Zav. Kamash Malanda, we still need the Kalva Chomer. And therefore, the Gemara shows us a case scenario where we could have used Dayo and we didn't. And this breaks the rule of Rebbe Tarfon. Rebbe Tarfon said, and seemingly the Chachamim really did agree, that Dayo only applies in cases where it's not going to ruin the Kalva Chomer. So over here, we should have used Dayo because the Dayo wouldn't have ruined the Kalva Chomer. So Abaye responds to Rav Papa, you have made a, an egregious error in your analysis of this sugya. When we said the phrase mikralila, that we said we needed the Kalva Chomer still because maybe mikralila only applies to a Gavra Tahor. Maybe it doesn't apply to a person who saw Kerry when he was only Tahor. Maybe uh, maybe that Pasuk uh, excludes a case of Kerry Bizav, and we said, therefore, we need the Kalva Chomer. Why? When the Pasuk says Mikra Laila, are you trying to tell me that it's saying that it doesn't apply everywhere? Why would we assume, without knowing otherwise, that when the Pasuk says Mikra Laila, it's meant to exclude a case of Kari Bizav? Kari is Kari. Why wouldn't we assume that it's Matame Bimaga, even in a case of Kari Bizav? 
So therefore, the Gemara concludes, your taka right? This is a kasha on the Gemara. Why does Rabbi Tarfo not hold like this? Says the Gemara as a little bit of a side sugya. Nine, ten lines from the bottom of the page on Chav Hamad Aleph. Uman Tana, who is the author who holds? Who says that we have a case scenario where Azav, who is Tame, Azav, who is uh, uh, a, carry, uh, a carry, who is Azav, that the Sheikh Vazera shall Zav, that if a Zav who's already ill and Tame with the disorder of Zav, that if he sees Sheikh Vazera, that the Sheikh Vazera is Metame Bamagu Vamasa. The Brisa that we saw is not like anyone. Lo Rebbe Lazar, below Rebbe Yoshua. Why not? This should be Titania, because it's not a Mishnah, it's a Brisa. Titania, the Tanakama, who we will soon see as Rabbi Eliezer holds. Sheikh Vazera shall Zav, Metame is Metame Bamagu, Vain Metame Bamasa, Divi Rebbe Lazar. Rebbe Lazar is of the opinion that even if a person is in the status of Zav and he sees Keri, the din of the Keri while he's a Zav is only Metabe Bemaga with physical contact. It's not Metabe Bemaga, Bemasa, where you pick it up. That's Rabbi Eliezer. What does Rabbi Yoshua hold? Rabbi Yoshua holds, he says, Omer, Af Metame Bemasa. He says, Taka, when a Zav sees Keri, he is Tame, Bemaga Uvemasa on the Keri, but not if it's only carry. The reason over here why Rabbi Yeshua says that one is going to be metame b'maga uvemasa for carry when a person is a zav is lepishi efshar is because when a person is a zav and he has a seminal emission, there's no way that there's zero zav liquid. We know from other gemaras that we've seen before in Shas that zera has its own consistency and profile, and zav has its own consistency. They don't look the same. They're not the same exact material discharge. They're not the same. So the Gemara says that according to Rabbi Yoshua, when a person is a Zav and he sees Keri, by definition, halachic assumption that when there's Keri, there's a, a shtikl Ziva, there's a little bit of Tzichtzuche Ziva, of a discharge of Ziva. And the Gemara is medayik from this. For three lines from the bottom, Ad Khan, why did Rabbi Yoshua say that when there's Keri Bezav, that we need it to be that he's Metame B'magu B'mas? Because we have a halachic assumption that the Keri comes along with Tzich Hachi. But had it been, even within Rabbi Yoshua's world, had it been that he did Taka, see Keri with no Tzich if the Keri came alone and there was no mixture at all of Ziva discharge, then lo, then it would not be metame b'masa. So therefore, we don't have a tana of our Mishnah. Because our b'risa, I should say, the b'risa, our b'risa that we just learned, five, six lines from the bottom of the page, that Sheikh Vazera uh, is metame b'mago v'masa, there we have no shitas. Rabbi Lazar says it's only metame b'maga. Rabbi, Rabbi Yeshua says it's metame b'mago v'masa because there's no such thing as uh, as Sheikh Vazera below tzich ziva. But had it been that it was purely Sheikh Vazera, you're right that it would have only been Matane Bimaga. So who is the author of our Brisa? Says the Gemara, last line of Chafeyam at Aleph, Elahai Tanahu, it's the following Tana, Ditznat. Lamala Mehen, this is a little out of context. Rashi gives the context four or five lines from the bottom of the page. There are three things that are still important that we need to know about as we turn to the top of Chafeyam at Beis, and that is Zovo Shelzov, that the discharge of the Zov 
uh, of the Zov is itself a very high level of Tuma. And this, as you can see on the top of the page in Rashi, on the inner margin there, Rashi says, We will learn this in 2027 when we are finishing Shas. Don't forget today. <laughs> And the Gemara says that these three levels of Tuma, Zovo Shel Zov, the discharge of the Zov has a very high level of Tuma, Viroko, and the, the spittle, the spit of a person who is um, a Zov, and as well, Veshechvas Zera, and as well, Umeme Raglav. All of these things are very high level. Vidam Hanida, Mitamin, and Dam Nida, they're Mitamin, Bein Bemaga, Uvein, Bemasa. So the Gemara says, we found what we're looking for. We were looking for a marimakom that says that Shikhva Zera is going to be mitame b'maga uvamasa. It wasn't Rebbe Lazar or Rebbe Yoshua, but it is the author of the Mishnah from Maseches Kalim. This is what we're talking about. The Mishnah of Lamala Man that we started with is from Maseches Kalim. And the Gemara says, well, how do you know that? Perhaps when this brysa on the very top line of Chafhem at Beis, perhaps when our brysa says V'shichvas Zaro, the Gemara says on the third line, V'dil Mahachanami that this Shichvas Zera is without a mixture of a discharge of Ziva. Maybe it's no different than what Rabbi Yoshua said on the bottom of Chafhem at Allah. Says the Gemara, that can't be. Im Cain, had that been the case, we would have learned it in the Brisa of Rebbe Lazar and Rebbe Yeshua. Listen, Gabe Zova, we would have learned it over there by discharges. Why are we including it over here? Look at the line on the top of the page. Zovo Shelzov, Viroko Veshichvas Zaro. We see that Shechva Zer is put with spit, with saliva. We therefore see clearly that by virtue of the fact that the Shechva Zera was taught over here by the world of Rok of saliva and not by the Brisa on the bottom, the Brisa that we saw on the bottom of Chafayim Adalif, it therefore means that we're specifically talking about the Shechva Zera of Azov, below Tichsuche Ziva, with no mixture of the discharge of Shechva Zera with the discharge of Azov. And therefore we have our Shita. That Shechva Zera, when the person is a Zav, is metame b'maga u masa. Good. Now, I had mentioned that we have two case scenarios where we don't apply daya where we should have. Here's the second one. The Gemara says on, on Chav Hayamid Beis, on the fifth line, and we're going to be going until the fourth, of, till the end of the page, the last of the short lines, ending with the word Mishiva. So says the Gemara, five lines down from the top, here's another scenario that break Rebbe Tarfon's rules. Rebbe Tarfon was of the opinion that we employ the rules of Dayo, provided that it doesn't ruin the Kalva Chomer. Yet here we're going to see an example where we should have and could have used Dayo, but we didn't, even though the Kalva Chomer wouldn't have been broken. Says the Gemara, Amar le Rav Achami Difti le Ravina. Haitana lo darish dayo. We have a case scenario over here where a brisa from Maseches Shabbos, or Hashem Maseches Shabbos is easier to learn. Even though the Kalvachomer wouldn't have been ruined, we still don't use dayo, which again breaks Rabbi Tarfon's rules. What's the case? Ditanya. Mapat, you have a read mat, bemeis minayin. How do we know that a reed mat is subject to the Tumas mace? The din, who the Gemara says, it's a logic, it's a kalvachomer. Uma pachen ketanim, just like small vessels, shetahorim bezav, metame bemez, that are going to be considered tahor from a zav, but will be considered tame from a mace. Mapat, this reed mat, shemetame bezav, eno din, shetame bemez. 
Pasha, it's a regular Kal V'chomer. So it says the Gemara, what do we see over here? The Kamaisi law, Bain Latumas Erev, Bain Latumas Shiva. This applies uh, even to the more strict level of Tumas Shiva. So the Gemara says, Ve'amai. Why would you say that? Typically speaking, the Mapats would have had a Tuma of Tumas Erev. Yet when we are applying it to the rules of Tumas Mace, we give it the punishment, we give it the Tuma of uh, of Shiva, of seven days, which is the Tuma of the Tumas Mace. But why would we do that? We should have employed Dayo and limited the Kalvachomer. We should have said, ahani le tumas erev. I could understand a little bit. If you want to say that the Mapats is going to be Tame Tumas Erev, it'll just be Tame until the sun sets. Got it. That makes sense. But maybe we should have said, ahani Dayo Le'afuke Tumas Shiva. But perhaps we should have used the limiting rule of Dayo to teach us that when the Mapats does become Tame Mace, it's only going to be Tame Mace Le'erev and not Le'shiva. That would have made more sense. Omar Lay says the Gemara, this question was already posed. This question as to why Dayo wasn't applied and employed over here by the Bryce of the Mapats of the Reeds, why it wasn't employed. They asked this question to Abaye, and a quarter of the way down, you've misunderstood that Brysa. Tana, the Mishnah is talking about that Brysa was talking about a Mapats coming from the world of Sheretz. How do we know that a mapas that a reed mat will become tame from a sheretz? And what the Brysa said was, it's logical, third of the way down. And just like by small kalim, which are tahor with a zav, but are tame with a sheretz, and we're learning from sheretz instead of zav. Therefore, mapats shetame bezav. If in fact the mapats, the mat, the reed mat is going to be tame with a zav, all the more so it should be Tame Besheretz. And therefore, this Bryce is not a Kashan Dayo at all, because we're not talking about Tame Mace at all. Ella says the Gemara, we are going to have an issue with a Mapats, but not from this Brysa. Ella Mapats, what are we talking about? Mapats Bemes Minayin. If it's not this Brysa that we thought was the Mari Makom, but Abaye turned our minds around to show us that this Brysa is not talking about. Uh, the Brysa was not talking about Tumas mates, Mace. We still need to learn the Din. So it says the Gemara, El Amapatz From where do we know that Amapatz is going to be Tame Mace? So it says the Gemara, a different Kalvachomer. Ne'emar Beged Ve'or Besheretz. We have the language of Beged Ve'or, of clothing and leather in regards to the world of Sheretz. Ne'emar Beged Ve'or Bemace. We also have these words in regards to mace. And here is the Kalvachomer that teaches us that a mapatz, that a reed mat, will become tame tumas mace. Says the Gemara, just about halfway down, ma beged ve'or ha'amur b'sheretz, mapatz tame bo. Just like we have by the world of sheretz, we have a beged ve'or, which teaches us that a reed mat will become tame. So too, we have the language of Beged Ve'or by the world of Tumas Mace, which extends the din from the world of Sheretz over to the world of Tumas Mace. And therefore, we have our issue, the Kasha of Dayo has fallen away. And the Gemara for the last sugya of the day deals with the quality of the Kalvachomer. Numerous times over Shast so far in the last few years, we've learned about the different types of Kalvachomers. When we learn about a Kalvachomer, the highest level of a Kalvachomer where each is where each phrase is what's called Mufne, 
So we have Beged Ve'or from the world of Sheretz, and we have Beged Ve'or from the world of Tumas Meis. If each word, Beged Ve'or over here by Sheretz and by, if they're not used for anything other than the Kal V'chomer, they're considered to be Mufne Mishneitz Dadin. Both words are fully available to make a proper Kal V'chomer. When that happens, that Kal V'chomer is rock solid. It has a Mugain Mashuach on it. You cannot pierce it. It's a beautiful, perfect Kal V'chomer. However, if you have a Kalva Chomer that's only Mufne Mitzar Echad, if you have a Kalva Chomer that's only, really only one of the terms is available in full, but the other is not, then if I can find the difference between them, I can ruin the Kalva Chomer. So the Gemara here recommends halfway down that it has to be that this Kalva Chomer is Mufne. The Kalva Chomer that teaches us that a Mapatz is Tomei Meis from the world of Sheretz to the world of Tumas Meis, it has to be Mufne, says the Gemara. Because if it isn't Mufne, then I can puncture a hole in this Kalvachomer. How so? Because there's a huge difference between the world of Sheretz and the world of Tumas Mace, one that we've also seen before in Shas. That when it comes to the world of Sheretz, we have a very unique that Tuma exists even even a tiny amount of flesh a bone, I should say, from the Sheretz, that will be metame. So the Gemara is positing that the... What's that? Huh? So you're saying a tame mace could be a bigger amount than the Sheretz? That's the din. It's a chiddish by, by Sheretz. That a Sheretz is metame even by a smaller amount. So if we're learning mapats from Sheretz, and Sheretz only becomes tame beche adasha, and if it's only mufne mitzad echad, if only some of the phrases that we're using are available for a kal then I'll argue we cannot learn one from the other because the volume that generates tuma is different for a sheret, only b'cha'adasha, mash'enkin with kezayis, which is larger. So the Gemara says, you're right, lai, it's absolutely true, afnuye mufne. You're absolutely right that the phrases in this Kalvachomer, the Beged Ve'or by Sheretz and the Beged Ve'or by Mace, both of them are Mufne. And the Gemara goes into full color detail as to how we know this is true. Michti, let's analyze. Sheretz is Kasla Shechva Zera. We know that Sheretz is compared to Shechva Zera. Tichsiv O Ish Asher Vigomer, O Ish Asher Sheretz. Because of the juxtaposition of the Psukim, by Shechva Zera and Sheretz, we see that there's a link between them. We have language by Shechva Zera that says, Beged Lomali. If we already have a juxtaposition between Shechva Zera and the world of Sheretz, then why by the world of Sheretz do I have the extra words of Beged Ve'or, Shmamina Lafnuye? I therefore see that the words of Beged Ve'or by the world of Sheretz are in fact afnuye. Ay, ve'akati, that only teaches us one side. Perhaps we should argue, ve'akati mufne mitzad echad hu. Perhaps we should say that really, that's only by Sheretz that the words beged ve'or are available for the kal v'chomer. But perhaps beged ve'or are not available. Maybe they're really, they're, they're being used for the kal v'chomer, but it's not really an ideal kal v'chomer. Perhaps beged ve'or by the world of mace is really not perfectly available. Says the Gemara, well, Hanicha, that's only a good argument. Shapir. 
If it were to be that the words of Beged Ve'orbai Kal Vachomer were not extra and were only Mufna Mitzad Echad, that still works according to the sheet of Lameidin Ve'en Meshivin, that we make the Kal Vachomer, Lameidin we can learn, but Ve'en Meshivin we're not allowed to ask questions. Ella says, and then Shapir, Ella says the Gemara three fourths of the way down, Ella Lamanta Amar Lameidin Meshivin. But according to the Shita that holds, that when we have a Kavachomer that's Mufne only Mitzad Echa, that we're allowed to be Lameidin, but we're also Meshivin, that if I can find the difference between the two worlds, I can puncture the Kavachomer. According to that, then maybe we should say that there's a big fat problem over here and there's no Kavachomer at all. Says the Gemara, don't worry. Don't worry, the words Beged Ve'or by Mace are also perfectly available. How so? Because the Gemara says, Michti, let's analyze. Mace is kash le Shechva Zera. Mace is also compared to the world of Shechva Zera. That Pasuk's talking about And then it says as well, I should say a little bit better. Let me read again. How do we know that Shechva uh, Zera is compared to, uh, to Mace? That's talking about a mace. There we see that Sheikh Vazera is uh, is included. So here we see that because of the juxtaposition of Sheikh Vazera to the world of um, to the world of Mace, we see that Sheikh Vazera is learned. We have the words Beged Ve'or. So then, why do we have the words Beged Ve'or in the world of Mace? Shma Mino says the Gemara Le'afnu Ye. It must be that it's available. The Mufna Mishnei full color. The Gemara now explains that our Kalvachomer that teaches us that a Mapatz, that a reed mat is Tame Mace, is a Kalvachomer. We have on the one side by Sheretz the phrase of Beged Ve'or, which is perfectly unused and fully available for, for a Kalvachomer. And then as well on the side of Mace, we have the words Beged Ve'or that are perfectly un, unused and perfectly available for a Kalvachomer. Therefore, we have a Kalvachomer that's Mufna Mishnei Tzadim. And therefore, when we say that there's a mapas that's Tame Mace, we know that it's a slam dunk Kalvachomer. And even though there's a difference between Sheretz and Tumas Mace, that a sheretz is metame with a tiny amount b'che adasha, and mace is only metame b'che zayis, it doesn't matter that there's a difference anymore. Because when we have a kalvachomer that's mufna mishnei dadin, then no questions can be asked. The kalvachomer is rock solid. Last but not least, and extremely complicated, the Gemara says, Hanicha, all of this is beautiful. Laman Amaru says, Don mina oki be'asra. Says the Gemara, this all makes sense. When we have a kalvachomer by mace, and that the mapatz is only tame tumas mace for one night, perhaps we should say that I can bring some things over the bridge, but not everything. Meaning, yes, it's tame mace, but maybe it's only tame mace like a sheretz, which is only for a night. But according to the shita who says that we have to uh, bring everything over, then perhaps it's going to be that it's only Tame Mace for a night. Amar Rava, Amar Kra, no. That when we're talking about a dead body, the Pasuk says, With all cases of death, we don't mess around. What do we assume? In any case where we have Tumas Mace, and in this case, we're talking about a Mapatz, that we learn is learned that it is Tame Mace from the world of 
Sheretz over to the world of Mace using the language of Beged Ve'or by Sheretz and Beged Ve'or by Mace. In such a case, Lo Yehub and Mishiva, there's no such scenario where we're dealing with Tumas Mace where we say that the Tuma only lasts one night. It always lasts seven nights. We're going to stop right here. We'll pick up tomorrow four lines from the bottom, last of the short lines with the word Vitehe, wishing you all a beautiful night.